and welcome to other weekly real podcast. My name is Ken. And my name, I can't do it, man. I did not like know that you had that plan. My name is Jeremy. <laughs> okay, that, I I really wanted to get that out of the way as early as I could, and then I I, I promise this is the last time you hear my bad Mario accent. But yes, you have reached. The Weekly Real Podcast, and uh, this week, you guessed it right, we will be covering uh, the latest uh, brand new release from 2023, the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> so sorry, I didn't mean to say it was, it was kind of a jump scare, man. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> that was crazy. I didn't mean, I was like, eh, should I start it with the Mario accent? Eh, let's give it a shot. Uh, but uh, thank you all for joining us here on uh, episode 95. Uh, before we do jump right into the Super Mario Bros. movie, Jeremy, you know what? Let's jump right into our our uh, ritual for this season. And uh, I think I think we both talk, were talking about it offline. Uh, during our uh, respective screenings, we watch it separately. During the trailers, we both saw this trailer for the first time, even though it was actually released. Uh, a month ago, uh, we're, we're recording this on April 12th, uh, so for our ritual today, we will be talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem teaser trailer. Mm -hmm. And so, this isn't my question, Jeremy, uh, because I know that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a part of my childhood, but how familiar are, uh, how familiar, uh, familiar are you with the TMNT franchise? So I never watched the live action uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I watched the early 2000s cartoon. Ooh. I watched or I played the early 2000s video game. There's my cat, Laura. <laughs> jumping on that. He's uh, our, uh, she's actually our guest. <laughs> yeah, she's for the today. guest for tonight. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm super familiar with them, actually. Um I don't know. I always, I wanted to be a teenage mutant ninja turtle as a kid. You know, just they just eat pizza. Nice. The, the way they ate pizza. Oh. Um, I'm actually more probably more familiar with them than you know Super Mario. Really? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th that actually kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, I mean, for me, that's I mean the 80s and 90s were all about turtle power. Uh, but also, obviously, we will be talking about Mario uh, later on in this episode. But um, for my uh, for the question that I came up with the ritual and based off the teaser trailer, now that I know that you are familiar with it, because I mean, for me, I obviously it was just the earlier generation. I watched the old 80s, 90s cartoon that came out, even bought the VHS movies that they would release on at Burger King as mm -hmm. the giveaway, which was pretty cool. And then I used to love playing the, the turtles on Nintendo and oh. super Nintendo turtles in time. Oh, I think that's one of my favorite uh, video games of all time, actually uh, turtles in time uh, on the super Nintendo. Ooh, so good. Anyway, my question for this week is based off of the teaser trailer. Do you think mutant mayhem will be a box office success. Ooh, I think it will be. Mm -hmm. Dude, it, the trailer looks really good. And for it to come, I remember watching the previews and 
the trailer that played right before it was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I saw this, I'm like, this actually reminds me a lot of Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> like the art style and the way things were kind of moving, it looks a little bit more uh, like they don't have as much of a budget <laughs> as yeah. Across the Spider-Verse, which is, you know, makes sense. It's not Spider-Man. But I feel like it's going to be uh, a success in that the demographic that it's targeting is definitely towards kids, uh, as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should be. But I feel like the movie's going to be entertaining enough for both like adults that go to watch it as well. Like like myself, who have grown up with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think it's going to be much more well received than the not michael bay but you know the michael bay produced teenage mutant ninja turtles which weren't i don't feel like they were teenage they were just linebacker mutant ninja turtles so like uh, swole like swole group (laughs) they were huge dude and Mm -hmm. for, for to see them act like teenagers again but you know they're ninjas still I, like they're always all funny, but then hopefully, I found their voices a little bit not as distinct as they normally are. Like when I heard Michelangelo, I was like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, that's weird." <laughs> <laughs> and Raphael is not as like gruff, you know. Yeah. Um. So hopefully they can find that balance of still making them really like unique. Yeah, you know what's funny? Uh, if I felt like you were actually reading off of my notes. <laughs> I, I swear, I was like, oh, first impressions of the teaser trailer, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, and how that kind of reinvig- reinvigorated the uh, the Spider-Man um, universe, uh, especially on the Sony side. You know, obviously, you know, we got that reboot um, with the MCU, especially with, uh, I almost said Tobey Maguire, that's not right, uh, <laughs> Tom Holland. Um, just kind of being recast as Peter Parker. Um, but then we got a fresh perspective with uh, Miles Morales, and we got mm-hmm. to see his story in Enter the Spider-Verse for the first time in a very stylized, artistic kind of way. And in that same vein, even though the artistic style is different enough where it's you know can't really be accused of, oh, trying to... Um, like steal some of the stylistic choices from uh, the spider enter the spider verse. Uh, but I do believe it may have been influenced a little bit um, to kind of give it that fresh edge because I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, only because I've been kind of removed from the TMNT like franchise a lot. I mean, really it's been decades since I've mm-hmm. regularly immerse myself into that um that universe but it made it more welcoming i felt like previous iterations were much much darker oh yeah overall you know what i mean and this felt so vibrant and i really loved the uh the the song choice of the the teaser trailer um just hearing um a tribe called quest i love all their songs and just hearing the song, um, it, like as a background, and you know, just kind of like 
an updated new generation version of, you know, when they're talking about the ooze or, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and everything. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's some of the verbiage. And they were kind of explaining why they call it that. And I just can't wait until they just start eating all that pizza because then I think that's why I related with the TMNT <laughs> franchise so much because they love Love, mm-hmm. love, love pizza, especially what Michelangelo. Especially Michelangelo. I know you said Michelangelo is your favorite, right? Yeah, because I mean he had the nunchucks, and oh, I yeah. mean, what two weeks in a row we've been talking about uh, nunchucks here on the Weekly Real podcast with John Wick last week. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- my favorite has always been uh, Raphael. I actually like really huh. like the sides. So yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I was, uh, I was, uh, I don't know if it's again my memory failing me, but. Has Donatello always been kind of that has he has he ever been portrayed with having glasses? Um I think only in the movies, the live like the live action. Yeah, the oh. live action movie most recent movies. Yeah, I can't, I can't I can't say that I remember. I think I've watched the first one, but it was a long time ago. I don't remember a lot I think of the most movie. of the time he might have something. I forgot. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, random uh, bonus question. I know that Raphael is your favorite. What is your actual favorite uh, main weapon? Mm. Is it the nunchucks? The, was it size? Yeah, because I do like the size, the, but uh, I do also like Leonardo's. Sorry. Katana blade? Yeah. I really like that. Mm. I mean, obviously, sometimes they. Um, I was thinking like the bow staff, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I still have to go with the size just because like, like he dual wields both That's... of them, and I thought they always looked cool as a kid. Yeah, because everyone always picked um, Michelangelo. I feel like everyone around me. So, but you know me, I like Batman around that time too, and uh, the cartoon. I remember the the turtles. They had just basically those white eyes also yeah. in the cartoon i'm like yeah it's like batman but they're <laughs> oh, yeah that's right <laughs> you could only see it like through their uh their masks yeah yeah for um yeah i've always liked nunchucks just because it looks cool uh the 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 dual katana blades were always like oh it's like dude it's swords mm-hmm Oddly enough, though, whenever I play one of the turtles in any of the video games, I love playing um, Donatello because that bow staff had mm-hmm. so much of a reach. I just keep everyone <laughs> at bay. It's pretty cool. And I felt like nunchucks, even though it looks cool, probably the hardest to use because it was just there's there wasn't as much of a reach. Yeah, when you're trying to role play them as a kid, mm-hmm. nunchucks is the hard, <laughs> hardest weapon out of all of them to copy. Yeah, you need to have the most skill for sure mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, the nunchucks from Michelangelo. Uh, but yeah, that was this week's uh, ritual. Uh, from time to time, we may post, uh, especially if you know, we talk about anything like fun from our ritual. At times, we will go ahead and post that on the TikTok along with some of the movie and TV reviews that we posted on there. Um, I do plan on as soon as, I mean, I'm sure you kind of hear it in my voice right now, but been a little under the weather, sound a little bit more congested nasally today. As soon as I am 100%, I've been, uh, I've had this idea of 
uh, talking about some of the movies that I've seen uh, during our off season and I kind of want to share um, some of the movies that I've um, that I got to watch in the previous couple months. I know Jeremy, you were thinking about um, some uh, TikTok ideas. Yeah, yeah, I would like some of the TV shows I've been watching either came back or I like the you know me I've talked about the rookie multiple times on our TikTok. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But for some reason, they keep going on break like every two weeks. <laughs> I hate that. I almost wanted to rant about it on TikTok, but I yeah. might just wait until they come back yeah. in like two weeks. <laughs> so. actually, I mean, you, uh, I'm glad you mentioned The Rookie. That's actually our most viewed current video on TikTok. And uh, where can they follow um, the Weekly Real podcast on TikTok? So on TikTok, they can see our videos at Weekly Real Pod. And yeah, so... There's going to be a lot of cool videos there. Yes. And we also have an Instagram um, where we post uh, videos from the actual main episode, uh, as well as announcements and pod uh, various podcast links to mainly Apple and Spotify. Uh, how can they follow us there? It's going to be at Weekly Real. Like Ken said, it's just at Weekly, at weekly Real. We kind of screwed up. We mentioned that last week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all up to date uh, on our Instagram. Go check us out there every week. Yes. And so, again, we definitely want to remind everyone that we are available on all major podcast platforms. Pick your favorite. Search Weekly Real Podcast on there. And I don't know. We have a pretty good library. I mean, we're working on episode 95 as we speak. And so check out our previous 94 <laughs> movies. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, uh, it's actually more than that because I know we've we, we've done several rewatches and we've grouped, a, a, what, two, maybe sometimes three movies within an episode. So definitely check out our uh, robust library um, right now. And so, I mean, you clicked on this episode for a reason and you know what? Before we begin, let's issue that spoiler warning because Jeremy and I will be talking about specifics uh, for this following movie. So this week, two plumbing brothers are sucked into a new world and are immediately called to save the impending doom headed toward the Mushroom Kingdom in the 2023 video game film, The Super Mario Bros. Movie. And I did refrain from <laughs> doing the voice. I, I made a promise at the beginning of this episode, and I won't do the stupid voice any longer. <laughs> so just want to remind everyone, the Super Mario Bros. movie is currently out in theaters. So go check it out in your favorite, um, I guess, theater, Cinemark, AMC, mm-hmm. uh, Regal, whichever one is closest to you. Uh, definitely go check it out and enjoy the movie. And joining on the conversation. So, like what we normally do in the first half of every uh, podcast episode that we do now, Jeremy, let's jump right into the double feature. And just as a quick reminder, the double feature is where Jeremy and I have questions prepared, but we don't know what each other will, uh, you know, we don't know what we're going to ask each other. So, mm-hmm. for my half of the double feature, Jeremy, since the beginning of time, there has always been a negative stigma 
with video game properties. I know beginning of time, I'm being a little over dramatic, (laughs) overly dramatic. Uh, but yeah, there's always been that negative stigma with video game properties being translated into movies and TV shows. Uh, we actually mentioned this on a recent podcast episode on Uncharted. Check that out. Season four. Um, we were kind of, that was actually one of our topics, but in recent months, with the rave reviews of the HBO Max original, The Last of Us, and now the box office success of the Super Mario Bros. movie, Jeremy, mm-hmm. for my half of the double feature, my question is, do you think the negative stigma will eventually fade away completely to where video game movies and TV shows are the next big thing um following in the footsteps of you know the comic book franchises that we know and love Ooh, that is a good question because just like these superhero movies they have like this built-in fan base already Mm -hmm. in there Mm -hmm. ready to take advantage however I, I know we've talked a, a lot about the Halo TV. <laughs> I don't know why I said Halo like that. Halo TV series <laughs> offline. There are some things I like about it. A lot of things I don't like about it. And I hope that they do season two justice. But the problem with, I guess, adaptations of video games compared to comic books is that, you know, video games are newer than comic books. Mm-hmm. So multiple stories have been told about Batman, Spider-Man, all that stuff. So there's more liberty in the medium. Like when you take them into the film medium, that there's a little bit more leeway that you can change it because there's been so many iterations of that character beforehand. Mm-hmm. Compared to video games, let's say you take the Assassin's Creed video games or the Halo TV show. A lot of people don't like either of those things i particularly enjoy aspects of both but there are valid concerns of basically hollywood just taking the ip and telling a totally different story of what the fan base is used to they want to see like the their like the hollywood version like put on screen that's why i was a little bit disappointed with uncharted Mm-hmm. But I see so much potential because, like, you have the family genre, uh, like Mario. You have P- Detective Pikachu, which I didn't watch, but I'm assuming it fills that gap too of comedy yeah. and all that stuff. And then you have The Last of Us, where it's much more of a mature story. Mm-hmm. Halo should be like that as well, like it, that sci-fi alien esque. And there's like a bunch, like like superheroes, they span so many different genres that they could basically be the new type of superhero movies. In a way, I, I kind of hope that they do because there's so many like good stories to tell. I really want a Gears of War movie or oh. Gears of War series. I think that would be amazing. Agree. But... but I, at this point, I don't think we're there yet. I don't think the consistency is there yet in terms of these video games. I don't think it's necessarily because they're video games, but I think it's because 
other people making them mm. straying away from the adaptation, like straying away from too much from the source material. Yeah. Because they're such new ideas or such new IPs. That part, I agree with you. Um, I feel like there is, um, I, I feel like there's a problem in that. Uh, I feel like, you know, people do stray a little too far um, from the source material. But I'm hoping that with, especially the success of The Last of Us, we've talked about it now towards the end of season five. Uh, and now uh, we, we even touched on it last week uh, during our John Wick chapter four episode. I feel like because the creator, uh, the name escapes me. Was it Neil Druckmann? Yeah, Neil Druckmann. Um, because he was so heavily I- I involved in the show, I mean, he was obviously he he had a vision that he wanted to 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 show, um, especially within uh, TV. You know, you get to t- take your time with uh, with the storytelling, but he was able to partner up with a showrunner that is well known from from uh his time creating i forget i forget his name but he he created one of the best miniseries ever created uh in in oh my goodness chernobyl <laughs> blanking out uh but because they partnered up and he was um willing to make slight tweaks but still had that central idea of how he wanted to portray um the story i feel like more properties will start to follow in these footsteps because i mean we we are fans of certain video game movie franchises for a reason and for for a lot of it you know it's it's gameplay but for especially you know games where it involves like a you know story that they want to like to tell and i mean there's so there's so many mario movies there's so many uh uh other franchises that have really good stories i feel like all all creators have to do is partner up with someone that knows what they're doing basically be able to tell uh, them what they're trying to do and not really mess with the formula so much. And I'm hoping that the last of us um, and the success of that, especially if, if I mean, it, it's a critical darling, but if it also wins all the awards and, and has all the ratings moving forward and for future seasons, hopefully they, you know, these video game uh, creators will just follow suit and then just not mess with the formula so much. And so um, I got the inspiration for this question from really last minute from a, a random post Instagram, uh, Instagram post where it was just kind of fan made where it basically took uh, the MCU like timeline of some of the future releases and they just plugged in just random Nintendo uh, franchises. And I was like, Ooh, you know what? I would love to watch a um f- I would love to watch a Donkey Kong only movie or oh. I would love to watch um just a random I don't know what other movies are there Star Fox that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I feel like 
there is a chance where if there's momentum being built, this could be the next big thing. Because I feel like some of the comic book stuff is starting to get a little stale only because of oversaturation. Yeah, I guess yes and no. I would agree with some of that. <laughs> but mostly because they're all starting to feel the same. Like, yeah. I felt like, especially with Eternals, I felt like, okay, that was the right move of him getting, um, I forgot the director's name. Uh, but but it was like basically getting directors with a fresh take, mm-hmm. getting skilled directors like and taking chances with them, I feel like was the direction that Marvel needed to go in. But for some reason, ever since basically Eternals, it's like every Marvel movie feels the same. It doesn't feel like directors, whoever's directing is making like their mark on these movies. It feels just like under the banner of Marvel Studios. I think that's why they're feeling so stale. Yeah. Plus, I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I feel a lot of the recent movies, especially the ones that were uh, in production during COVID times, were just filmed in that giant uh, oh, yeah. blue, like green screen. Uh, I forget what they called it. The volume. The yeah, the volume. I feel like a lot of it was just things. So that's why it feels like everything was <laughs> created there. And I feel like the reason why we love and got so immersed in The Last of Us is because there's a lot of practical stuff in addition to the CGI, but it kind of blurred the lines between reality and CG. Um, and I feel like the properties and that we do enjoy the most kind of blur those lines. Yeah. And to another point about the video game movies is it's almost like translating a book into a movie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's so much story to tell that it's really hard for people to like weed out what's important. I feel like they did that really well in Last of Us. They added new stuff. They added all the necessities. I think the last episode is a little bit rushed, but it told the story, I think, well enough mm-hmm. to end it uh, at the first game. But I feel like that's what's been hard for most video games to translate especially the story-rich video games um, into movies is because games are usually like 15, 20 hours long even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get that, try to put that into a two-hour movie is like really hard. That's why I feel like making Last of Us a show is such a smart move. Uh, kind of uh, off-tangent, because uh, we I did mention Uncharted. Do you think Uncharted would have played better as a, a TV show versus a movie franchise? See, compared to... But I would actually say, like, Uncharted is perfect as a movie. Okay. Because it's it's a pretty simple story. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like this movie, uh, Super Mario, where it's a really simple story. As long as they can execute it well, then we're good to go. And they stay pretty faithful which uncharted took too many aspects from too from too many of the video games Mm, yeah i feel like uh some of the video game flops in the past could have benefited from being a part of a different medium maybe resident evil could have been better Mm. as a tv show bro yeah yeah resident evil like i know there are some resident evil people that there was actually a tv show that basically wasn't resident evil um 
but there was also a movie around the same time welcome to raccoon city that was a movie that really should have been a tv show <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know there's everyone's screwed up on resident evil right now but yeah my question for the double feature let's just jump straight into it i want to talk spe- a little bit more specifically about the movie itself i'm not that familiar with the Super Mario story or anything like that, or Luigi, Princess Peach. I know that usually you have to be Mario and save Princess Peach. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, that's my extent to the Super Mario story. So when we actually kick off the movie, I actually was really into the story of the first half. But once we got into more of like the action, bigger stuff... I it kind of took me out sometimes. I was honestly falling asleep a little, a little bit. I don't know if I was like just tired, but for some reason, I really enjoyed the first half of the movie. Like basically up until maybe I guess right when after after Mario fights Donkey Kong. After that, once they team up with the you know with kong's world kong island right mm-hmm. is that what it's called i think once so, they yeah. team up with them i kind of i felt like that was like kind of the midway midpoint of the movie that kind of like okay i could wait a little bit and then wake up in the in somewhere in the third act yeah i don't think there was anything like heavy hitting in terms of the story <laughs> um you know they were basically trying to recruit them right to to be able to stop bowser from uh, taking over. Um, and I get that. Uh, I think they wanted to, um, throw some nods to, uh, Donkey Kong Country. Cause obviously Donkey Kong and Mario were actually, uh, for me, I feel like that was my first introduction to Mario was Mario versus Donkey Kong. Old school. Like uh, that may have been like Atari or the arcade or something like that with that, you know, just trying to get to the top. Hmm. Um, and I don't know. I really, I think they really wanted to kind of show that side of it and, and have a little bit of a introduction into Donkey Kong. And they had like the Diddy Kong racing slash Super Mario Kart, um, kind of mashup with, uh, you know, them driving to get to Mushroom Kingdom through Rainbow Road. I, for me, I was marking out just because, um, you know, I, after a while I, I stopped playing some of the Mario games like fairly early on, like maybe a, a bef- I think I stopped before Nintendo 64, if I'm honest. Uh, but I feel like I still, even with me, even though I kind of stopped in the mid nineties, it still brought back a lot of nostalgia for me. So I think that's probably the reason why I enjoyed it a little bit more. And again, there was so many callbacks and a lot of nods, that we'll get into a little bit later on where um, I could see that if you're really growing up with some of the games, because I feel like a lot of the, the references were either, you know, you really have to be a um, Super Mario fan to mm-hmm. really notice a lot of them. And some of the newer references I didn't totally pick up. Um, but I think that's probably why I was like guessing that I'd probably enjoy this movie more than you. Yeah, I mean, like, there there were things that, obviously, I wasn't going into this for the story. I was going into it just to have a good time and enjoy all the colors and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but yeah, in in that aspect, I like liked it a lot. I liked all the yeah. We'll definitely talk about all the callbacks. I liked all the callbacks that I noticed. Yeah, yeah, and I recognized. Um, like this is how little I know. Did did Bar- Bowser actually like want to be with Peach in the video games? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You, I don't think it was explicitly said. And again, I don't know uh, what some of the more recent uh, stories were. Uh, I was never really that good in, Mar- in Mario. Like the reflexes, I, I was always all thumbs, which is a, really a good thing because, you know, you're usually <laughs> playing with your thumbs. But I don't know. I never had the reflexes and the calmness to be able to actually do super, super well um, with with some of these uh especially the side scrolling ones hmm. and uh but i did really enjoy it just because um it, it was just fun I, it was it was high tech back in the day <laughs> <laughs> especially when the original nintendo came out because uh we were coming off of just playing what atari on four bit um graphics and then when it graduated to eight bit i was like wow this is <laughs> this is amazing <laughs> high tech man yeah um and i'll and i'll kind of share more of my uh memories i guess throughout this episode when it comes to mario but yeah. um for this week's audience question jeremy i mean we've been talking about you know just video game franchises in general but you know obviously we're talking about the super mario brothers movie um this week's audience question is which project would you like to see next on the big screen from Nintendo? Uh, would you want to see like a sequel to the super Mario brothers movie next? Or um, would you want to see a different Nintendo franchise? I think I would want to see a different p- property. Mm-hmm. I would either want to see, cause I love sci-fi. So I was really thinking like, Oh, Metroid, Ooh. you know, Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really cool visually like spectacle animated type of movie. But then again, I was thinking Star Fox would probably be another <laughs> yeah. like you get that sci-fi aspect, but I feel like there's enough there that it covers more of the like age demographic. So mm-hmm. if I were the studio, I would go with Star Fox. But if oh. it was just me, I would go like Metroid. Metroid. Okay. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap, but one of the ones that I really wanted to mention, you mentioned Star Fox, uh, only because recently, obviously, was the last, uh, the calendar year 2022, one, I think both of our favorite movies was Top Gun, Maverick, <laughs> and I feel like, uh, especially with animation, you can really take uh, liberties, especially in a futuristic type of story like star fox Mm -hmm. and so i feel like you could have a lot of fun with it it'd be a really good popcorn flick where you can just have like no filler for about an hour 40 an hour 45 Mm -hmm. which is my ideal runtime uh for these type of movies heck if you have a really good story hey two hours i'm cool with that dude imagine if it was like light year but like more action yeah dude because i feel like uh you get some cool dogfighting sequences. Mm-hmm. You could kind of take uh, Top Gun Maverick as uh, an inspiration, and then you can still play around with reality a little bit because you're um, dealing with uh, the future. Um, 
for me though specifically and i think we may have uh talked about a similar question um maybe last season or maybe the season before i forget when when we were talking about the super mario brothers movie i would really love to see the legend of zelda um, mm. on on the big screen. I feel like the storytelling could be amazing. The visuals, especially if done right, especially given the fact that anime is so um, so popular these days, I feel like you can kind of blend th- the two together with the whole... I mean, obviously, Nintendo's come from... Nintendo originates from Japan. I feel like you could ha- have so much creative liberties with the art uh with the art of the legend of zelda and it's got such a established fan base where it can turn into its own franchise um and you could tell an epic story i wouldn't even mind a 215 230 um legend of zelda movie yeah i don't know if the studios would want that but i know (laughs) for us we would sit through it yeah (laughs) yeah for sure but yeah dude uh we want to ask you, the audience, what would you uh, want as the next project from Nintendo? And so if they want to chime in, uh, let's go with the email. Jeremy, what is our email? Uh, the email is the two weekly real guys bros <laughs> at gmail.com. Or cuz. <laughs> or cuz. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, not quite. Uh, you know, only because I have it on my notes, our actual email address, Jeremy, and you should probably take notes, is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. So, Jeremy, let's take a quick break. All right. Welcome back from the break. Uh, Jeremy, let's get right into the weekly real awards. Um, I feel like we should probably get these, get through these pretty quickly. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So, um, our first award, and I feel like this one, I feel like this award was made for uh, a movie like this. Uh, the first award that we're uh, handing out for the Super Mario Bros. movie is the On Your Left Award for Best Callback Reference. And you you are free to interpret whatever callback reference you want. Okay. And so, yeah, get creative with it, Jeremy. Uh, who would you? What would you give it out to? <laughs> okay, because I was actually explaining to Ken on the break that I'm not too much of a Nintendo guy. I think as a kid, I was mostly playing like PlayStation, PlayStation One specifically. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a PlayStation Two. <laughs> I think I jumped on the Xbox bandwagon at that point. At least Same. my parents did, I guess. <laughs> but um, I guess for best callback. The Mario music, you know, just just throughout the entire movie, mm-hmm. like, felt so nostalgic to me. Like, the music and the little melodies that they would play. Yes. But not even just the music, but, like, sound effects that they would include. Yes. Um, I think when Luigi, I have to verify this by looking it up, but Luigi's phone, when he, like, at the restaurant, like booted it up or got a call or something like that. Oh, it was that, bi- that bi- big, little <laughs> rectangular thing or yeah, like that, that thing, cube thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, and the thing is, it was. I guess maybe it was a cube on purpose because the the sound that it would make was the sound 
of the booting up sound of the GameCube. Yep. And I was like, because I didn't have a GameCube, but my cousin Michael had a GameCube, and we would play on that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that, I was like, no way. <laughs> it's the GameCube. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, that was actually one of the uh, callback references that I enjoyed the most. He's just all the sound effects and the music. And I, and I like how they updated uh, the familiar tunes, and they kind of updated it for the movie. Um, but in the interest of mentioning a, a different callback reference, because there's so many in a movie mm-hmm. like this, uh, the one that I wanted to highlight was anytime the, uh, for and again, for me, I pretty much would play Mario on my original NES, the Super Nintendo, as well as the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of, um, I mean, not counting the Super Mario Kart uh, video games, a lot of the games had a lot of side-scrolling action. And so anytime uh, the action would kind of move into 2D mode, uh, I would always oh, just mark yeah. out. It'd be, it be, it was cool, especially the first time they do it when Mario is, and, and Luigi are trying to run and, you know, they're jumping through uh, some of the obstacles and Mario's able to like, you know, kind of, go over the thing and kind of help out Luigi mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of opening doors and stuff like that. Just kind of like that tag team, um, like teamwork that they would do. But when they, when he uh, reaches that flagpole thing right next to a burger castle, um, because the original Super Mario Bros on, on the original NES to finish the, each of the uh, the the levels, you would have to try to get as high up on the flagpole to get more points, mm-hmm. and then if and I don't know if uh, this is going to be kind of like a kind of a throwback to a lot of I guess some of the original Nintendo players. If you would get uh, the flagpole um, and the timer had a digit ending in six, you would get six fire uh fireworks blasts and then it'd be more points or if you do three it'd be three or if it ended in a one you would get one so um anytime like he would uh anytime he would just kind of go into side scrolling mode and that first especially that first time i was just like oh my goodness this is Mm -hmm. like the best thing ever um it just brought me back to like my childhood days like literally my childhood days and so yeah, that was I really, my favorite. I really like that too. I partic- I particularly like the one where Mario and Toad are going through the pipes. Just because, <laughs> you know, pipes are just such a like visually Mario thing. Mm-hmm. And so for them to like do that in the side view, I think is yeah. nostalgic as well. Oh man, I love that. Um, the next award that we're gonna hand out is the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. I know Mario is kind of at the center of this. I mean, <laughs> it's in the name. Um, it's cra- It's funny that, uh, obviously, they don't have last names, but they're Mario and Luigi are called the Mario Bros, um, which really doesn't make sense. But um, who was your favorite character? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I mean, this is kind of just easy answer because, it, yeah, it is Mario. But I mentioned this because I went into this movie expecting not to like Mario 
<laughs> because of like all the backlash of uh, Chris like Chris Pratt, Pratt uh, <laughs> his voice for Mario. And at first, when they were doing that little commercial at the beginning, I was like, oh, they're doing it. Like, how come they sound fine to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, and then obviously, they did it for the, the commercial, which I was like, damn. But yeah, I, in a way, I didn't mind his voice too much. Like, or I actually, you know, I didn't mind it at all, really, as the movie went on and it was. You know, more just like watching it visually, and it, I didn't just picture Mario as like Chris Pratt, you know. I think in that way, because I felt like you know Luigi took a very back seat in the story. They put uh, Princess Peach more in that that uh, role, mm-hmm. so it was like either for me it was a three horse race between Mario, Princess Peach, or Bowser. Mm. But I think. Because of how I didn't expect to like Mario, I thought I would hate Mario. Uh, I think I just went with Mario. Yeah. I I feel like that was um, the most popular choice. I mean, I, I mean, that's, I mean, he's the one that puts the, uh, the butts in the seats, right? Uh, I was thinking you would pick Mario. I was like, okay, I got to pick someone else. <laughs> so I'll go on the other side of the coin. I'll go with Bowser just because, I mean, we got Jack Black voicing um, <laughs> um, Bowser. And uh, even though it kind of, sometimes it took me out of the, uh, the admittedly away from the story or whatever, but, but it's, but it's Jack Black. And obviously, yeah. um, I mean, he runs a band of his own, <laughs> and he's—I mean, he's uh, well known for like movies like School of Rock. That's what I was thinking yeah. when he started singing. I was like, "This is School of Rock, dude." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, uh, when he was like singing the peaches, 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 or however he was singing it, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is so good!" Um, and even uh, one of the post-credit scenes where you think you know he's just wait. This is a kind of a throwback to, you know, some earlier footage, but you know they zoom out and it's like, oh, he's still um, what blue mushroom Bowser or whatever. He's tiny Bowser and he's stuck in a cage, but he's still playing and serenading uh, Princess Peach. A date I was just cracking up, uh, just because, uh, dude, it's Jack Black from Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Bowser is good. I like. The one voice that I did not know um, who they were was Toad. I didn't know that was Keegan-Michael Key. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dang, that's so different. That's so good. Yeah, I know. He's been doing a lot of voice acting. I mean, he was uh, what one of the... I forget what the name of his character was in Toy Story 4, but obviously you've got both Key and Peel in in there as oh, uh, yeah. his extended cameos, I guess. Oh yeah, I remember their voice. <laughs> I just remember. <laughs> it was just like, whoa, these guys are uh, aggressive. They very are aggressive. Oh man, we need, I I would love to cover that movie one of these days, <laughs> just because there was some funny stuff uh, that really isn't kid friendly. Yeah, but yeah. It was like, <laughs> oh, oh shoot, oh, <laughs> I can't believe they mentioned that in a Toy Story movie. But anyway, um, but yeah, Bowser. By, by the way, I love the look of Bowser, and I mm-hmm. love like his like his whole world 
like even from the opening shot, it reminded me of a Nintendo version of the opening of A New Hope with Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Because you just get this huge world just kind of zooming in. Obviously, it's fire and uh, hellfire and brimstone to quote good old JR. And, um, and then there were, they were invading this ice palace or whatever with the, all the weird looking penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember penguins at all. Yeah. I don't remember in any of the movie. So it must be somewhere. Yeah. And it has to be later on or maybe some obscure reference or whatever, but, um, yeah, I just love the overall look of Bowser. Um, and then even when they went into super Mario Kart mode, it was pretty cool to see like the the differences between some of the vehicles that they would create um between Bowser and then uh the guys from Kong and obviously Mario and Princess mm-hmm. Peach so um Jeremy let's get right into the next award the Avengers Assemble award for favorite scene it's one of our staples and so um what's your favorite scene f- from this movie I feel like this might be a lot of people's favorite scene just because it was so good. Um, I'm going to go with the Mario versus Donkey Kong scene. Ah. Just because I felt like okay, I felt like Seth Rogen was a little weird <laughs> as Donkey Kong. Yeah. But for the fact that that they showed this in the trailer, snippets of it in the trailer, and actually he didn't you know, show everything <laughs> in the trailer. Um, all the best moments weren't in the trailer. I liked basically it's like, man, how is Mario gonna get out of this type of thing? And you know, as a person who didn't really play the games that much, for to I really felt like okay, this must be like a you know, a thing. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, this is such an entertaining thing because of the obviously this is your first time seeing Donkey Kong. Uh, in the movie, and for it to play play against Mario in this, I thought because yeah, you don't really. See, it's like we're not really gonna see him versus Bowser until like later, so you need that middle of the movie um, enemy, mm-hmm. quote unquote, to like fight. And I thought like Donkey Kong's. I never really liked Donkey Kong really, and but I thought he was funny in this movie. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to I guess. Diddy Kong, because uh, one of the movies that I uh, movies, one of the video games that I enjoyed playing, the original Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo, that was I feel like ahead of its time in that it was the first real um, side-scrolling uh, game that featured like a shading, so it looked like it was more three D hmm. uh, versus like flat two D characters that you know we kind of knowing uh, about the super mario brothers franchise but um talking about that whole sequence and for me admittedly i stopped playing nintendo around the same time you did or maybe even earlier than that so this really does call back mainly to super smash bros obviously they're kind of fighting but to me i mean kind of bringing it to like the whole mcu comic book thing it kind of reminded me of in the original Avengers 2012 when you get some of these like well-known characters like Iron Man or Thor or Hulk especially kind of going up against each other. You know, you get the mm. whole 
second act fight or whatever or even in thor ragnarok when you get thor and versus hulk in, in the uh in the fighting pit or whatever yeah. uh you kind of get that those vibes a little bit um but within the the whole nintendo universe you get the whole super smash bros and you get to see some of their signature um si- signature moves yeah see that's i i played a lot of super smash uh, like melee mm. um and so if they just added like one more character yeah. to that fight that would definitely made gave more of those vibes cuz man playing those the super smash games like it's just so hectic. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like characters flying around. Oh, I know. So, yeah, I, maybe next time. Yeah, maybe they'll they'll uh, expand on it a little bit more, especially if they do expand the universe a little bit more. They should, and then culminate in a Super Smash Bros. like tournament. Ooh, I like it. Nintendo, uh, we'll take royalties for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for my winner of the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene, uh, it's not actually that one, but it does involve Mario and Donkey Kong. It's actually in the third act when they were still in the Mushroom Kingdom. Again, it's similar to when, you know, the, the callback reference that that I talked about earlier in the episode, but it's when they did that tag team action sequence where you get to see oh. Donkey Kong doing some of his signature moves, but you get Mario doing some of his signature moves, even when he was like kind of running and stuff and he had his hands out like that. It kind of, it, it's a callback to super Mario bros three, which is actually my favorite Mario video game of all time. Because again, I feel like super Mario bros three was ahead of its time. It was the first action game where it incorporated like a map and like different worlds and then all that stuff and then Mm -hmm. the ability to kind of like jump around in different levels using power-ups and i feel like a lot of the callback references and i kind of held this one back for that one thing but during that whole action sequence i especially uh remember last week how in John Wick, uh, chapter four, when you get the whole residential <laughs> building and we yeah. marked out essentially when he busts out with the uh, with the shotgun. I did the same thing when he gets the leaf and turns in uh, when Mario turns into Tanuki <laughs> Mario. Yeah. Basically, it looks like a like a raccoon. I, I looked it up what a Tanuki actually is. I've always wondered since back in the late 80s. I finally looked it up right before this episode. A Tanuki is a Japanese raccoon dog. What? Yeah, and I so know that. I, I didn't either until today. Um, you learned what did something. Donkey Kong call him in the movie? Oh, I forgot. I, only I saw forgot. That, saw he call him time. like a? Yeah, I forgot what he called him. I know he didn't say raccoon. Yeah, but um, Tanuki Mario, when he starts flying and he gets into his ador- adorable costume, I was like, oh my god, that's my favorite yeah. costume power up uh, in all of the Mario games, even. Even more than, I guess, uh, what some of the power ups in Super Mario World. Ah, uh, dude, it was it brought back memories of the late '80s. I think that's when Super Mario Brothers uh, Bros. Three came out. So, dude, it's my favorite favorite scene. That was really good. Uh, but Jeremy. I mean, last week we started a brand new competition, and you guessed it. We've hit 
our guess the Rotten Tomatoes score segment. And so for season six, again, want to remind everyone we started the slate clean last week. Um, last week I came out on top. I have a early lead. I had the full three points. I actually, one of the rare times that I guessed it exactly right. I think that only happened, happened one other time. Uh, but Jeremy, you came in a close second. So you got the single point. And then our guests, mm-hmm. unfortunately, got shut out last week. And so Jeremy, who will be our guest rotten tomatoes score? Uh, guest competitor. So one guy I know that has played a lot of Nintendo, but also watched this movie is Cameron Pena, Florida, who actually made the music for our podcast. You hear it at the beginning and the end of every episode. He went to go see this movie and actually got to know some of his thoughts about it too, uh, a little bit earlier in the week, but he actually guessed 62%. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, how about yourself? What are you guessing? So even before I asked him what he was guessing, <laughs> when he when he told me his guess, I'm like, I gotta make sure this isn't mine. But because I actually put sixty one percent. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. Because I was like, the way I feel about this movie, I feel like is a lot of how critics feel about this movie. Mm, interesting. Uh, drum roll, please. I'm just virtual drum roll. Um, I guess 61 as well. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. Very anticlimactic. And just to remind everyone, if there is a tie, we just basically share whatever place... Uh, we end up ultimately being. So Cameron guessed 62. Uh, yep. Jeremy and I guessed 61. And again, we don't know what each other are guessing. We don't know ahead of time. It's an honor system. And so um, let me look it up real quick. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, with 223 reviews. Quite a bit. Super Mario Bros. movie in 2023 has a tomato meter of 57%, which is not fresh. Wow. Yeah, I thought it would be barely fresh. Mm. Do you want to take a stab at the uh, audience audience score? Uh, 79. (laughs) You are way off. Really? (laughs) You want to guess one more time? Uh, 65. No, you're heading in the wrong direction. Really? Audience score, 96%. Damn, okay. And I could see how... I mean, I wouldn't give it a 96, but... um, Well, and you'll see shortly on I Love You 3000 Award, I have it somewhere in the middle. Uh, because I really did enjoy this movie. It's I, get, I would give it a fresh score. But to update our score, because Jeremy and I tied for first... Uh, we both get three points each, so um, I keep my lead. I have now six points. Mm-hmm. Jeremy has four points, and unfortunately, our guests bringing up the rear with another goose egg, and so they still have zero. So, see, I think this week just basically didn't really do anything for us. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> but it really put the guests in a in, in a, a hole, huge hole. Yeah, I mean. 
Ugh. Well, next week, our guests have another chance to redeem themselves. Um, and we have, it's still really early. I mean, last season is a testament to oh, yeah. <laughs> how quickly yeah. our fortunes can change. <laughs> I got behind really early and it took me basically the second half of last season to claw back into to the uh the competition before jeremy ultimately um won the belt um you don't have it in the background this week <laughs> yeah i uh it's over there i forgot to put it in the background and <laughs> yeah, no, you're good so six four zero heading into uh next week and so before before we close out our episode, let's hand out our final award of the evening, the I Love You 3000 Award, where we will rate the Super Mario Bros. movie on a rating between 1 to 3,000. So, Jeremy, uh, what would you give it? I mean, you kind of previewed your score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What would you give it? No surprise. I'm giving it a 1830 out of 3,000. I still think it was fresh, 61%, same <laughs> as my guess. So, it's like... <laughs> You know, I I had a fun time. Yeah, but I like I wasn't wowed by anything. But you know, I don't think it was a bad movie. So I, I fifty seven. I could kind of understand, but I think it was a little bit better than that. I thought it was gonna be like sixty five or something like that. Yeah, I think the only thing that took uh, me out of it in terms of the story. I've, I just felt like they leaned a little too much into the fan service. But I mean, I don't blame them at all because I mean, again, I think we I think we're both in agreement that this was really geared towards kids. And yeah. uh, anyone who kind of used to play the video games like my generation and really your generation, I mean, you just happen to kind of skip uh, Nintendo for the most part uh, in favor of Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, but for me, I, I wanted to give it a fitting rating. Mine's a little bit higher than yours. I'm giving it a 1920, which equals to 64, like the Nintendo 64. Uh, <laughs> just, just to, just to have it. Yeah, just to have it. Um, I enjoyed it uh, a lot. I think it, it has the potential of being a little bit higher. Um, on subsequent rewatches, if I end up watching it, especially if I. Um, catch some of the, you know, if I am able to kind of pick up on more of the like callbacks and references that I may have missed the first time around. So yeah, I feel like it has room to kind of get it to the, at least the upper sixties, I think. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but next week, Jeremy, I mean, we're still so early into season six. Jeremy, do you want to preview next week's movie? Yeah, next week, a 17-year-old girl named Susume helps a mysterious young man close doors from the other side that are releasing disasters all over Japan. From director Makoto Shinkai, who directed films like Your Name and Weathering With You, we're going to be watching Susume. So, dude, I'm so excited for this movie. My, a lot of a lot of it because I'm excited to listen to another Radwimps <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> so, and just the visuals every time. Honestly, I took this um, synopsis. I'm not synopsis, but you know, I guess synopsis from IMDb because I want to go into this movie 
not knowing anything mm. as much as possible. I'm like, I hope even this isn't too much mm-hmm. <laughs> like to know. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that tells me anything really. I wasn't paying attention during what you were just saying, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, which is good because yeah, I just really wanted attention. to go in super fresh. But um, uh, Jeremy, this is going to be out in theaters in two different versions, right? Oh yeah. Um, which one are you watching it in? Um, I'm watching it in Japanese audio, English mm-hmm. subs. Same. Okay. okay. But what's the other alternative? You could watch it English dubbed if you want to. Um, you know, I, there are some people that hate English dub. I think there's a place for it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, if I had the choice, yeah, just always go English, uh, always go English subbed. Yes. But you know, like I really did not like the English dub for your name. Mm. Yeah. I watched it. I I watched it once just to you know make sure that I'm gonna keep watching it in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just needed that confirmation, huh? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Makoto Shinkai, just randomly, are you gonna rewatch? Uh, your I I know you've been trying to be selective with your rewatches of your name, especially, but I'll throw in weathering with you to this random question. But do you um are you going to uh, rewatch either of the movies? I want to watch your name before mm. Susume, just because I feel like you know weathering with you is still like too fresh. But I mm. feel like your name, even though I watched it like six or seven times by now. Um, but yeah, I actually recommend watching some of uh, Makoto Shinkai's other movies too. I know he even came out like with this one-hour movie called uh, Garden of Words. Mm. So it, it's weird, like to see his development. To, to work up to like your name, at least in my opinion. So hey, you need you need to send me some links. Uh, I know. <laughs> I should. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I will try to see if we can. I mean, I'm I'm we're recording this on April twelfth. I'm I'm actually going to be watching uh, it opening night tomorrow. I know. Uh, unfortunately, Jeremy won't be joining me uh, on opening night just because uh, that's Thursday's is really busy day. It's his marathon school day, mm-hmm. uh, but I will be watching it with uh, next week's guest, friend of the pod. I mean, she's just become synonymous with the pod, really, Andrea. Um, so, mm-hmm. and actually, another guest I'll be watching with Francis as well. So, another former guest of the pod. Yeah, we need to get Francis back on the pod sometime this uh, this uh, season. Uh, I enjoy his insights. Uh, I'll look at our list, Jeremy, <laughs> and yeah, I'll Jeff. offer that out when I see him tomorrow. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, I I would uh, all things being equal, I would love to be able to watch it beforehand. But more than likely, I'll probably just uh, rewatch him over the weekend after I watch yeah. Sume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that's gonna get your your itch back up for yep. your name and weathering yeah. with you. Um, I, I already know uh, I'm planning on listening to the soundtracks to both uh, your name and, and weathering <laughs> with you tomorrow during work. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Get, too many feels, man. Many I know, feels. dude. <laughs> anyway, before we call it an episode, Jeremy, do you have anything to plug for the following week? Uh, just my Instagram at JP underscore flicks. Uh, same for me. Um, 
mainly the Instagram at FreeKenA. Uh, the spelling for both uh, all uh, both of our handles uh, will be in the episode notes, and so definitely follow us there as as well as at Weekly Real on Instagram and where on TikTok uh, at Weekly Real Pod. Ah, yeah, there you go. Just you go. testing you just. <laughs> just trying to put you on uh just trying to test you really because <laughs> you still haven't figured out our email yet <laughs> yeah i feel like it's coming soon that's coming yeah, soon. yeah for sure for sure anyway before we close out this episode any final thoughts anything that we forgot uh from the super mario bros movie i do want to mention because i know infamously the the last movie i watched before the pandemic hit was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, that's how I remember freaking the last movie in 2020 in theaters. But um, I did like this movie more than Sonic the Hedgehog. Just Ooh. because it just takes place in the Mario world and not in like our r- real world. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, as much as we love James Marsden, we don't need him next to Mario or to... Sonic and all that stuff. Well, technically, they were in our in our world in Brooklyn yeah. uh, before they were transported out of here through the use of pipes. And so I, yeah, I felt like they executed that really well. Yeah, they did for sure. Yeah, and then even though they kind of brought them back to the real world, I feel like this is only the tip of the iceberg, especially with the post credit scene that I wanted to mention for final thoughts. Um. I th- obviously we talked about the first what mid credit scene with Bowser <laughs> singing uh, uh, to Peaches again uh, to Peaches to Princess Peach with Peaches. <laughs> that was a mouthful. But the other post credit scene um, kind of teased a future appearance with I don't know Yoshi. So here's the thing. I did not see the post credit scene. Oh. I didn't know. That, I didn't know there was a post credit scene. I thought you were going to say Wario. No, there would be crazy. So, oh, so you missed it. So, um, after uh, the extended credits, we we got a legit post credit scene. Oh. They showed the, um, you know the the pipe system. You know, like that secret, like elaborate area. Mm-hmm. They showed that, and then. Off in the corner, they kind of panned over to an egg that was hatching, and it was teasing an appearance by Yoshi in the inevitable Super Mario Bros. sequel. Dude, imagine Mario dresses up like Chris Pratt in Jurassic World and does the whole thing with Yoshi, because Yoshi's like a a dinosaur. Just do the the, the hand thing that Chris Pratt does. Yeah, hopefully (laughs) he does that. Hopefully there's a reference to Jurassic Park in there. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, Nintendo uh, will take royalties for that idea as well. <laughs> um, I think that's all I had. I, I really just wanted to make sure that I touched on that. Oh, uh, there was a special cameo from the original voice actor of Mario. I think he was one of the older relatives of Mario. I forget if he was like the uncle or whatever. I, I, don't I think remember. he was the uncle, right? Like yeah. the first one to talk after. Yeah seen the commercial yes i think yes so. and then i like the old donkey kong uh the cr- cranky kong i think that's his uh oh, yeah. his name uh because i mean technically within the canon of donkey kong he's actually uh the original donkey kong from the 2d games like the atari Damn. looking games so uh 
just canonically that's who he is and so i just wanted to kind of point that out did not know that yeah so i i forgot that tidbit until i saw him and i was like oh yeah i forgot about cranky kong because uh, they actually sh- did show him in Donkey Kong Country, the the video game. So I hope if we do see, um, oh, and I actually just thought of another question. What what do you hope to see? I mean, we mentioned them teasing Yoshi in the post credit scene. What what do you want to see in a Super Mario Bros. sequel? I mean, I'm like you said, I'm or like I said before, um, not too familiar because I would have said Yoshi, but apparently yeah. they were thinking that. There you go. Already <laughs> done. Uh, but I would want to say what, like, uh, Wario and Waluigi. Yeah, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. Um, for me, I kind of want to see more of Diddy Kong. Hmm. And, you know, like his dynamic with Donkey Kong. Because yeah. um, I used to love being able to kind of tag team in and out with using Donkey Kong or Diddy Kong in the original Donkey Kong Country. I love that. I love that video game. So I kind of want to see some their own spinoff. Right. Right. I kind of want to see, um, I would love to see their standalone movie. So I would probably add that to the list of the original audience questions that we had earlier. So, um, anything else? I think we covered, I think most we of covered everything. Yeah. So okay. 90 minute movie, like half of John Wick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, speaking of John Wick, uh, just want to remind everyone to check out last week's episode, episode 94 on John Wick Chapter 4. It's all uh, it's available on all the podcast platforms. Uh, definitely go see it in theaters. It's still out in theaters. It's a co- bit of a time commitment, but it really does go by pretty quickly. And like Jeremy mentioned, I mean, we are recording this on the 12th of April Watch Susume in theaters. It finally has a North America release of April 13th. And so check that out in, at your local theater and uh, join in on the conversation with next week's podcast episode. And Andrea will be making her triumphant return uh, to be talking about another anime movie. And uh, on behalf of Jeremy, my name is... I was going to do it, but no. Uh, My name is Ken. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next time on The Real. Wahoo!